Alright, alright. Greetings and salutations, one and all, and welcome to the eighth season of Timeless Gamer, where our games and bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain timeless. Coming to you now live in Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And for all of our archive videos of previous episodes, you can still check them out by going to the YouTube channel of the Timeless Gamer Show. And you can also listen to us by going to do all of the major audio streaming platforms by searching in Timeless Gamer Show. And previously on the Timeless Gamers, we done an episode all about Danger Dance, the Sega Shoot 'em Up Challenge, where um, us in the Timeless Gamer crew was subjected. Is, is, is that the right word? Subjected? Coer- uh, coerced? Uh, it was, it was inflated <laughs> on us. <laughs> I and we had, we had the support group. Support group. Yes, that's true. Um, we had a support group right afterwards. Oh, uh, highly, uh, so, <laughs> Sir Dan of the Sega Mega Masters uh, highly encouraged us to play uh, a few shoot 'em up games coming from the Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive uh, library, and to rant our experiences on how we played or finished those games. So, uh, tons of fun. Um, lots of shit was said. <laughs> Uh, a lot of grief was shed um, uh, for all of you guys uh, who are uh, who are curious about what happened during that episode. You can still check them out by going to the uh, YouTube channel of the Times Gamer Show or just hearing the audio uh, the audio version of that by going to the major audio um, streaming platforms out there like Spotify. Alrighty, so as you can see, uh, we are quite a stacked uh, panel right now. Because it's a very special episode, um, we haven't really done uh, uh, this kind of topic in a while. It's the strategic role-playing game. So another RPG topic, guys. And you know us. Once every time we do an RPG episode, it we always go to way hyper overtime. So we'll try to keep it as as tight as much as possible. Uh, so uh, introducing the panel for tonight. Uh, sir JDM of one two three go retro. Hello, good evening, guys from the wasteland of Cebu City. Here comes one two three go. One day, Marcos. Go go with echo echo. Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh, we got Miss Anthony Porter. Hi everyone, welcome to Time with Gamer. Welcome. Hope you enjoy our episode on SRPGs. Where's your echo? <laughs> I don't have an echo. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, native. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. This is Joel Banyagang native. Uh, looking forward to discussing how bad I am regarding strategy RPGs. There you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, returning back to the show. Um, the last time he was here, he we did the transport. Uh, we did a transformer episode. Uh, Sir Joe Marot. Good morning, good evening, and uh, I hope you like our topic for today. All right, short and sweet. Yeah. And <laughs> representing uh, the JRPG Philippines, uh, let's introduce first, returning back to the show, Sir Bernard Drew, also one of the hosts of the new podcast called Insert Coin Press Start, Sir Bernard Drew. Good evening, and thank you so much for having me for this very special topic. And 
this is something that I was really looking forward to and thank you so much for even <laughs> even asking me to do the show with uh, Timeless Gamer. Really excited, really happy and good evening and hope you enjoy the enjoy the episode guys. All right. And of course, uh, returning again to the show, I think this would be her third uh, <laughs> a third time here in the show. Uh, the admin of JRPG Philippines, Miss Inutora! Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me again here and apologies. It's, it's been a while since I last joined you guys. So I'm really hyped for today's episode and I'm glad to see that we have a very... Um, large cast of here in our panel for today. So everyone, I hope you enjoy the show. And um, we are we were saving this uh, we were saving this episode because I would because I would prefer having Miss he, uh, Miss Hino and Sir Drew to talk about anything RPGs because you know uh, they they know more about this stuff anyway. Uh, I'm more of a casual. Uh, I'm just more of a casual fan of JRPG, so I'm not really the. I'm not really all be all authority around here in, in regarding with the genre. These two, yeah, they're legit. Aside from Sir Dan and Sir Viraj, unfortunately, who who cannot be here. So at least we are being joined by the ones who do know about the genre. And so yeah, so strategy, strategy role playing games, also known as tactical. Uh, role-playing game so i would like to ask uh, the panel um each one of you how do you define a strategic role-playing game and how would you differentiate that with any other rpgs i mean what are the what are the difference um how about we'll try it with miss i well, for me, uh, just a disclaimer, I'm not really into tactical and strate- strategic RPGs. So for me, the RPGs or SPR RPGs would be turn-based, usually with uh, tiles on the platform. Uh, so it's usually turn-based and not real-time for me. And you have to you have the opportunity to plan your attacks with menus and whatnot. That's what basically SRPGs are for me. And she is not wrong. How about Sir JDM? Uh, for me, it's like the offspring of Command and Conquer and Final Fantasy. So <laughs> you have this group of you have this party, then you try to battle with the enemies. Then you're in this big area that you can move around with whether it's a tile or a hexagonal uh, grid so you try to utilize the terrain as well and the height and the elevation of the uh, terrain to make it to your advantage all right sir jdm is not wrong how about your <laughs> jomar some say it kind of it, you're, you're kind of playing like chess or checkers is that true oh yes it's um mostly it's like playing chess or checkers it's a game either an AI or um, a, a real person so uh, I'm, I'm just gonna add a few notes about what uh, Miss Eileen said well it's a turn base usually it's what ter- it's a turn base but um, tactical RPG usually um, gives you that um, that gameplay that you have to beat one stage first uh, 
you just using what you have on that stage uh, just to advance to the next stage. All right. And Sir Jomar is not wrong also. How about Sir Joel? How would you define an SRPG? Uh, let's see. An SRPG, I mean, from my limited knowledge of it, from my limited game time of it, the main component of SRPGs is positioning. If you're in a, you move your units to certain positions that would give you the most advantage when it comes to attacks and defense. So with the S- with the SRPGs that I've played, with the few ones that I've played, I've noticed that those that is the main component of it because it's got a lot of factoring in of the terrain, factoring in of elevation of the of the area, factoring in of whatever weaponry you have as opposed to whatever weaponry the enemy has. It's not as it's not as personal stat building as usual RPGs, you know, JRPGs or Western RPGs. It's more of learning how best to position your units as opposed to the enemy's position and how and one thing I've noticed about it is it's, it's, it's uh, in in Filipino parlance it's called kuyog. The best thing to do is to move all your units around one unit, beat them up all at the same time, and then move on to the next one, hoping that the enemy doesn't come behind you and start doing the same thing to you. So it's positioning, it's it's sneakiness, it's it's being it's being it's it's being as as nasty as possible to one person at a time, and then moving on. That's it. That's my observation of it. Not a bad strategy, really. <laughs> we all do it. Um, how about Sir Drew? How would you differentiate that subgenre to an ordinary RPG? Okay, so uh, considering ev- what everyone has said earlier, and everyone is not wrong on that, and then so um, basically, uh, if we're gonna compare it to something in real life, it's like chess because each one, each uh, there would actually mostly on most cases there would be only two groups. So one one single move can only be made in a single turn and that is uh, made out of a movement um, action or something of the like so it has uh, it differentiates from a regular RPG because there is movement and there are some uh, differences in regards to SRPGs because some SRPGs have elevation on them and some srpgs have only uh what you call uh the chest like feel like srw series the super robot war series uh power emblem and uh there are the games with elevation that has like final fantasy tactics triangle strategy agenda arc and the likes so uh there are things to consider in an SRPG that is not uh, available to a regular JRPG or a regular turn-based RPG because um, besides from positioning as uh, Sir Joel has said besides from positioning and besides from the weapons and uh, certain things there is also an additional objective in some of the maps so what really differentiates an SRPG from a regular JRPG is the movement the environment there's the map wherein on a regular jrpg or regular turn-based rpg you are just strictly limited to the moment um or the scenario of that particular battle wherein an srpg there's a map there's a set um uh set objectives and there is a set 
number of uh, individuals that you could bring into the map. So it is uh, almost always not always equal, and most uh, most of the time, uh, the enemy team has an advantage over you, and in most cases. So, uh, so, up, so there are so there are other factors to consider. Yeah. Yes, there are factors, there are rules, and there an SRPG. Um, uh, there's much more to think about in an SRPG because the environment is interactable. Where in a mm. regular turn-based game, your environment only gets interactable in most of the cases in boss battles where there's a crane, there's multiple uh, parts of an enemy that you must target, uh, which right. is also an added thing on the front mission series wherein you could target uh, the cockpit the, oh that's true uh, anyway that's true. yeah yeah so um, so basically uh, what I'm trying to say is it's the environment the map that adds to the layer of what an SRPG is but str- not limited to having it grid uh, grid based because there are games that does not have grid like the Disgaea Makai Kingdom those uh, SRPGs so uh that, that uh, to keep it TLDR, that's it. <laughs> these these are the people, guys. Mm. <laughs> um, how about you? Uh, how about you, Miss Hino? Uh, so, considering everybody has mentioned, do you think the SRPG genre subgenre is more difficult to play con- in comparison to the regular RPGs? I would definitely say that it's a genre that is not for everyone, but. I did notice that throughout the years, uh, we're having like a renaissance of the genre and I think it's more accessible to a lot of people, uh, especially to the the younger generations who aren't as familiar um, to the genre since one could say it's it has a smaller fan base versus its parent JRPG slash RPG um, subculture. So, um... Yes, it definitely has its more difficult and more complex parts. And if I'm to piggyback off of what everyone else in the panel the panel has said, um, I think it's a more rigid form of role-playing game. Normally, when we play role-playing games, it's more about the action, traversing around the world, going to new towns, going to new cities, meeting new characters. But Normally, what you would see in um, in a strategy RPG is that you can't really roam the world. You're just seeing a map. You click the locations, and then you'll enter this little cutscene, normally just dialogue-based, and then you start the battle. If we're going to look into what necessarily is the very charm point of an SRPG, to me, that would be the map. The map... I believe is everything because everything hinges around that environment your enemies your strategy and what do you call this um how complex the battle or how easy the battle would be uh, one could say it's kind of repetitive but to those people who who are expecting that's that you can grind SRPGs, it's not really as easy as that because there are times wherein the difficulty suddenly spikes and then you're just attacking the enemies and then the next thing you know, your whole army is dead. So I think that's what 
differentiates it from uh, the rest of the, the general RPGs, the difficulty curve. And your character units can be very selfish. There's only one character can only level up compared to your regular RPGs. Everybody, uh, every battle, once it's over, everybody gets an experience points. You get an experience points. You get experience points. You get experience points. You get experience points. But no, in SR in in SRPGs, only one character gets to level up. Every time who gets the killing blow, that gets the most experience. He gets to level up. That's it. How about the others? Eh. <laughs> So, uh, so before we, so it doesn't uh, matter if some if so it doesn't matter if one character deals as many blows as possible to the enemy. It's the last guy who does the, the, the it, last guy. What an asshole! Sorry to say. Okay. <laughs> but hey, that's how grounding works in that uh, in this subgenre. So, oh, uh, if I hit... can also add one more thing, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. If I can add one more thing about I've noticed about uh, SRPGs as opposed to JRPGs. It's the fact that it's it's the fact that your the storyline seem to be much more complex. I mean, I'm regular JRPGs or Western RPGs have a certain level of complexity that allows you to feel like you're in part of a grand storyline of things. I've noticed in a lot of SRPGs, the storyline is so big that it affects kingdoms. Literally, we're talking about kingdoms against kingdoms here, like very much, uh, very much War of the Roses or Romance of the Three Kingdoms kind of storyline telling. It's not just a small party going in to infiltrate a castle to rescue a queen uh, and to return her to a kingdom so that the the kingdom will re- will remain stable. That JRPG trope or Western RPG trope is usually the case when it comes to. Uh, Western and JRPGs, but when it comes to strategy RPGs, we're talking like this small band of warriors is coming, and they will destabilize an entire kingdom so that another kingdom can go and and swoop in and destroy that one. So that this the SRPG storyline is much grander. I've noticed when it comes to I, when it comes to plotline. Yes, Misino. I guess I guess if we're gonna look at it from a development perspective, since I mentioned earlier that strategy rpgs are more limited we don't really see many cutscenes. we can't really roam around the world um that means that they would need to focus more on something else which i think would be the story or the narrative that's why when we have these strategy rpgs we get more complex usually more mature storylines as compared to its um rpg counterparts so i i think that's another strength of the genre aside from its um, very unique battle it's 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 really the story agreed uh all right uh, thank you for for, uh, for all of your inputs everyone so before we go with the meat and potatoes about the show let's say hi to the chatatatat how are you all doing down there sir jdm who do we got down there oh so here in our chat section, we have uh, Sir Marlon Hurtado Lescopides who says Fire Emblem series, which is, I think, one of the prominent uh, SRPGs right now, right? Uh, since the early 90s. And we also have Sir Siebert Silagan of, uh, he said Chrono Trigger is the best RPG. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> 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 And we also have uh, let's see Jason Santiago. Happy streaming po guys. Ay, maram, maram, salamat, Jason Santiago. Happy birthday. And we Jason. also have ah, happy, happy birthday, birthday Jason. Jason Santiago. 
Happy birthday and also Raymond John Orendes of Retrofreak Gaming. Bakit Inglesero si ano si Tito Jomintin daw? So Raymond cannot be here for uh for um uh, for this episode unfortunately. Uh he, he he I think he has an event for tomorrow. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And someone Sir, in oh. one day Marcos also. <laughs> Commented in well, welcome in timeless gamers and Sir Pavoado, oh, who mentioned Super Robot Wars. Ayan. And let's see, Otako Sama says, Good evening, good evening, Otako Sama. And we also got some comments here. Uh, they're dropping in their um, favorite. SRPG games. Uh, let's see, Shining Force. Sabi ni uh, Jason Santiago, and also from Marlon Nelescopides Famicom War series. And then uh, Sir Pabuado says SRPGs are more on preparations and literally strategizing. Tra- strategizing. At times, you just don't blow through stages just by aggressively attacking, right? Sometimes you you got to hold back. Uh, sometimes there's a in the terrain you can see your castle. If you're placed inside it, there's like a, like a defense. Uh, uh, what do you call that? There's an increase in defense or something like that. So you're more. Um, less prone to damage. It can affect and, your stats depending on where you're yeah. depending on where you stand. Yeah. Right. All right. So I guess that's the uh, people that we got here at the moment. So Bakte. All right. Thank you for that, sir. JDM. So yeah. So what we're gonna do uh, with this particular episode because there's quite a lot of us. We will just do a quick round robin of sorts. Um, so each each one of us will present one game, and then everybody gets another turn. So let's start with Sir Joel. Sir Joel, um, what's your first SR uh, SRPG of choice? Mm-hmm. All right. So game? yes, uh, my first SRPG choice. I I'll have to admit the this genre isn't one where I am extremely good at. I, I've noticed because of the fact that. It's the store. The the gameplay stretches out very very long. One one game session, one battle is at the very minimum thirty minutes for me. We're talking like 30? a general, yeah, a thirty minute battle. We're talking like because of the 30? fact that you have to move your units all the way to the to where the enemy are, or you have to wait for them to come to you for you to make cool yeah. for them. You know, so it's yeah. like we're talking positioning plays for plays a role here you're talking you're talking about you're standing up on, on top of the mountain you're waiting for them to come to you for you to be able to use your terrain to your advantage and start shooting arrows at them so one the first game that i'm talking about here is a game called tear ring saga on the playstation oh. one it's one that hasn't that i'm not quite sure if it has an official english release or western release but it is a game <clears throat> that uh that had a fan based uh patched english patch and i guess that's one thing that i'm very thankful for to the community a lot of great games are coming out nowadays that were released in the old days that never got a translation but the fan community is amazing they they work hard to do passion projects to translate the games that never got translated 
so that more people in the West can enjoy it. One game that I'm talking about is called Tear Ring Saga. It came out on PlayStation One, and I'll have to admit, if Joe can put up the footage, um, it would be it would be something that uh, people will be able to see what it looks like. Tear Ring Saga is a game that looks a lot like. Uh, uh, for lack of a better comparison, Fire Emblem. It, it's a game that looks a lot like Fire Emblem. It's got fantasy setting. It's got um, characters roaming around the map. It's got the it's got the whole. You've got knights. You've got paladins. You've got you've got princesses that need rescuing. It begins. It begins. Uh, regularly enough where there's people coming into a town and then there's a princess coming up to you know who needs rescuing and bandits coming up to try to try to waylay the princess coming in so this one i have to admit it reminded me a lot of the fire emblem series for lack of for lack of something that i i mean i have played the fire emblem series i played one uh the couple of fire emblem games that are on the game boy advance and this one i i'll say reminds me so much of it that it might as well be another fire emblem game in the sense that you've got this almost the same kind of artwork you've got almost the same kind of color palette needless to say it's positioning your characters making sure that they are in the best position so that once the enemy comes up then you can start beating up on them um factor in what oh the the triangle the tri- i call it triangle schema of weaponry so <clears throat> uh swords will beat uh sorry spear uh, axes will beat spears or javelins uh spears will beat swords and swords will beat um axes it's it's a triangle of whatever weaponry will beat the other weaponry so it would be best for you to position your units that wield these certain weapons or that have the specialties for these weapons to go up against the enemies that have weaker a weaker weaponry against you now one thing is with this game through tier ring saga i've noticed one thing that i have to i have to acknowledge miss hinu's input earlier that you don't get to you don't get to really explore the map as per se because you know you feel that the enemy is coming up at you there is a chance for you to go up and enter different buildings and talk to all these different people inside of them and buy you buy supplies and weapons and things like that but you're almost always pressed for time with this one because you know that that the enemy is coming that you have to try to rescue certain people or you have to start, accomplish certain uh obligations sorry goals as per uh through a description and it's it's i guess it's got those two things from strategy rpgs that i have to say are present in most strategy rpgs that i played it's got the complexity it's got and it's got the complication of you have to see how all of these numbers in a way actually i should be happy with a game like this because of the fact that i'm an accountant it deals with so many numbers that it, it, it that it boggles your mind and all the other games that i play like city builders uh financial management games and everything they appeal to me greatly because of all the numbers this one though can get a little overwhelming especially with regard to you're adding one more thing aside from the numbers that you have to crunch it's the positioning and the possibility that your characters might not survive the might not survive the ordeal there's such such a thing as permadeath in a lot of srpgs that i've played you get your character killed he's not going to be present in later scenarios of the game in this case it does look a lot like it does look a lot like 
uh, Advanced Wars. It kind of looks a little bit like Shining Force. If anybody, I know somebody's going to bring that up. And I know Dan has mentioned Shining Force is one of his favorite strategy RPGs. But yes, Tearing Saga for the PlayStation 1 has that has that feel of being a Fire Emblem game without it being a Fire Emblem game. It's kind of hard to describe because of the fact that this game is so reliant on comparisons to other strategy RPGs that it kind of fails to have its own personality. It's that kind of game where you one can say that it's kind of like a clone of another game that may or may not... This one, though, I had... I admit, I had a lot of fun with and i got i think stage five six of it and it's the kind of game that it's the kind of game that will that, that at least kind of works hard to get that feeling of it being that long uh of a game uh, of a sorry of a turn for you to not get so bored of it so i'll i'll have to i'll have to admit that it's a nice game may i give it a seven out of ten and that's my personal that's my personal opinion of the game called Tearing Tiger for the PlayStation 1. For those of you who are on the audio portion of the podcast, Joe is showing the stage 1 of the game and it shows the usual player turn, enemy turn, nice nice generic fantasy artwork, uh, the characters being positioned in certain or if if the characters in a in a forest then he has the advantage against uh, cavalry uh, if the character is using a spear then he's got an advantage against somebody using a sword so those are the things that are being showcased in the video portion of the game so i encourage those of you who are listening in on the audio po- portion of the podcast to check out the video portion of the game of the podcast as well back to you john all right thank you for that sir joel and we got a uh, question here coming from sir siebert uh, Sir JDM, would you mind, please? Mm. Yes, uh, Sir C, but uh, is asking a question for someone who is not into this genre. Uh, what do you think that I should play that will make this uh, make me like the SRPG genre? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, <laughs> I will let Sir Drew and Miss Hinu answer yes. this one. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about Sir Drew? Well, for a beginner, uh, novice. For a uh, beginner, and... uh, well, let's see. If you want, uh, I could not really say simpler, but uh, if you want something that does not uh, that does not deal with elevation, or um, if you are uh, if you are a mecha uh, a mecha kind of person, uh, somebody who loves either Gundam or uh, super robots in general. You could really check uh, Super Robot Wars, the series, or the um, Gundam Cross Race series if you're into mecha. But if you are not into the uh, to the mecha genre, uh, one uh, one game, the one recent game released last year that I would like to recommend, a really really awesome game, and if you like the HD 2D uh, aesthetic, uh, is Triangle Strategy, which I. I hopefully I would be able to discuss more on later and the reason why I would highly recommend that is because it has um, the TL version is it has a, a good story it is easily accessible uh, because uh, it is just released last year so I'm guessing the price uh, the price has uh, somewhat gone down since it is not a first party Nintendo release as uh, uh, the characters are really um, really relatable and uh, the story 
is as what uh, Sir Joel has mentioned earlier. It does revolve around kingdoms warring, warring with kingdoms. So if you, if he or she likes uh, Game of Thrones, something of the sort, uh, that's something that they would want to consider getting into as a beginner. And if you want a little bit more. Uh, cuddly or a little bit more aching to your style there are so many srpgs out there that are spin-offs of certain series that you could use as an entry point into the to the genre so for example if you like pokemon you there's pokemon conquest um if you like final fantasy there is the uh, there is there is Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 1 and 2. The, uh, those are ones on the GBA. Those are a little bit more less serious than the, the main game and um, much more accessible uh, ROM-wise, I, I think. So um, also, uh, I think it's about finding something that you connect with to go and try and go into the genre because if you're just uh it's easy to really recommend something a game that uh, i really like or i really enjoyed or that's really good in the genre but at the same time it's there's a beginner trying to get into the genre and he has no connection with the genre i would recommend going for a game that he somewhat connects with that has uh because the as i've said srpg has a lot of uh spin-ups so maybe something along those lines i will make it easier for the both of you sir siebert likes horror and kiddie games so how about miss hinu <laughs> so considering sir siebert likes horror anything horror and uh and kiddie games is there any oh, art, is there any srpg that has some of those elements <laughs> I'm a bloody chicken. I don't watch horror <laughs> indeed. Uh, uh, I'm I'm actually stumped because I could not for the life of me remember a horror themed SRPG. <laughs> and the I closest, really the closest that comes to mind will be Kodelka, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Kind of. I mean, aside from aside from the movement, when you in aside, aside yeah, from the yeah, movement, yeah. because you're because you're moving grids, well, he but not really. And horror style characters, this guy, yeah. Oh, this guy, yeah, there's, yeah. There's yeah. monsters. There's uh, they're hor- they're horror they're team. They're, they're little kids. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah, but if you recommend this guy right off the bat to a beginner SRPG player, you're it's like, one. It's, it's like it's you're, talk, one. Taking, you're taking a four-year-old kid and tossing him into this into the ten-foot side of the pool. You know, you're learn to kid. You know, <laughs> but uh, since it's just a preemie, you could just really toss him around him. He'll just <laughs> <laughs> this guy right, one. Go swim. Yeah. 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 I, I, right. I mean, I, I've, I've tried this guy at one. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say, 
that is a good I, it's a good way of fooling somebody into thinking that it's a nice starter srpg but <laughs> it, when you when you dig into it it's like an infinite game i've heard i've heard it's tell stupidly long <laughs> yeah there you go that's it it's only stupidly long if you make it stupidly long i was trying it to dance around that point but yeah you got it doesn't have to be Oh my god. No, we're talking about the item world being basically an infinite game. You go in each item is upgradable to the point that it is like like Miss Hina says, it's stupidly long to the point that you will ne- you'll almost never finish it if you decide I'm going to perfect each and every single thing here. So, you know, you're you're you're, you're, you're uh-huh. you might as well just forget your gaming budget and just reallocate it into something better because that's the only game you're going to be playing forever. It's not that's for it. the uh, it's, not, it's not for the completionist people. <laughs> so there you go. Oh. That's it. <laughs> okay, so yeah. All right. Just so, uh, so we'll. Oh, by we'll the way, I'm not sure if to, I can uh, recommend it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Miss I. So for I was wondering if I could recommend something to Sir Seabert. Oh, go on ahead. Not sure if this what works, but if you're a Walking Dead fan, there's actually a strategic RPG on the mobile phone. Which one? <laughs> this oh, works for well, you. You're you know. a Walking Dead fan. Oh, this, so this is a turn-based uh-huh. well, I didn't even know that RPG. What, what game is it? What's yes. the title of it, Miss Miss Hina, Miss uh, Miss Porter? Walking Dead Two, okay. The mo- uh, Walking okay. Dead, No Man's Land. In case, no Man's no Land, yes, okay. Walking, really walk, the Walking Dead, Dead No Man's Land. Oh, okay. Yes, on the mobile. So horror team, mm-hmm. uh, strategy RPG kind of game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it I haven't Android? said my recommendation. <laughs> uh, is it Android or iOS? Miss Porter, Android. There you go. Android. Oh, there you go. Sir Hebert, go. Mm-hmm. Android I, supremacy. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even know that. Very basic, right? Intro. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's that's my first game. Uh, we'll we'll pass it off to the next uh, to the next. Um, any um, any questions or any impressions in regarding with Sir Joel's game? It's about as basic and as generic as you can possibly Hearing, get in Hearing terms of SRP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like Fire Emblem on the Nintendo Game Boy Advance. Mm. Yes. Very okay. basic. Yeah. You have the uh, I, I did just the two displays. Yeah, about it, yeah. Mm. So it, it so they did say that it's a spin-off of Fire uh it did it, it is a spin-off of Fire Emblem. Mm. Uh, looking looking at the game it doesn't look like a PS1 game. It looks mm-hmm. like an e- Game SNES. Boy Advance. Yeah, Game Boy Advance, SNES. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that thing. You do we have do we have Fire Emblem? Uh, mommy, let me let me get Fire Emblem here in the store. No, we have Fire Emblem at home. Yeah, you get Hearing <laughs> Saga. You, just, you know, that's it. You get, you get, you get Hearing Saga. <laughs> it, it, it's from the same developer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm only familiar with the P, uh, with the sequel on the, the PS3 sequel of it, uh, Tearing. Uh, uh, the, the the second one, a Tearing Saga uh, mm-hmm. sequel, and I'm, I'm not I'm not even familiar with the first game, and luckily, and there was an English patch of it, an, an English fan translation of it. Uh, good for you guys who ha- um who haven't really heard of it. At least you can play it in English now. Mm-hmm. So let's head to another one. Let's go with Miss I. Miss I, what is your strategy role playing game of choice for the evening? For my first choice, I think this could also appeal to Sir Seabird because this is 
kind of cartoony or maybe even serious players, my choice would be Mega Man Battle Network on oh, the Game Boy. Yeah, so this was uh, which one? In N- number one? Yes, the first game. The first one. So this was on the Game Boy Advance by Capcom, of course. Um, for anybody understand, this is also available on Steam, but as a bundle with other Mega Man Battle Network games. So the story of this game is you're set in an alternate reality in 21st century where everyone depends on the nets or the internet or networks. And you can enter the internet by jacking into uh, certain ports into the world. Um, then you, right there, you go into the nets as a net navi or net navigator. Your main character, Lan, his net navigator is Mega Man in this case. So, what uh, uh, drew, drew me to this game is actually, like most uh, of you know already, the art style of the game. I love the classic Capcom art style. And of course, it's Mega Man. Um, what I like about this is it's not your typical strategy game because you can actually move your uh, character on the game board. Uh, so you can see that there are tiles. You can actually use the directional pads to evade your enemies. But the turn-based factor here is you have several chips that you can use. So consider it like a card game of some sort, but you have chips instead. So you... Okay. Let me see in the video. So there are those are the chips. You get one or two depending on the combination that you have. And that's the turn-based aspect of it. There is a timer up there of when you can choose your next chips. So the tactics here is when to attack, what attack you will use, which enemies, and basically the positioning is one of the most important aspects here because there's not really... Uh, let's say uh, there's not really much you can do aside from evade when you have no turn left. But at least you can move. This is also what appeals to me is because this is a real-time strategy RPG, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm not sure if there are any other RPGs like it. Uh, what I like about this game is that there's nice tunes and sounds if you get to play it. Um, there's also an Easter egg there. It's not on that, but because a fan will know the Easter eggs if you find it. Uh, what's uh, good in this game is you can move, like I said earlier, you can move on the battle grid. So you can evade your enemies even if you have no turn left. And you can still attack actually, even if you have used up your chips. Um, there are different tile placements of both uh, Mega Man and the enemies. And the strategy here is you will actually be forced to use all of those uh, chips there. Even if you have your preferences, you will be forced to uh, well, strategize and use the different uh, attacks there that you have. Uh, what I don't like in this game is... Uh, so those, if you can see the letters there, A and on the lower left corner of each chip, it doesn't really explain to you what those chips are so i read the manual it doesn't really say what those mean you just have to group your chips with the same letters or the same types of attacks and uh, what else if you move on the main map you can actually walk here compared to 
to the typical strategy RPG. You would just have the exploration part covered in this game. So you can encounter enemies on the map or on in the town. And I hate that there is actually no repel because you can just escape out of your own volition. You need to have the escape chip as well. So there's no escaping in this. But I guess most RPGs, RPGs don't really escape, no, right? Uh, so you will also lose your chips and your chance to attack if the enemy attacks you first. So that's also a downside of it. Uh, the strategies I use in this game is you have to think whether you're going to use the short or long range attacks. Because it depends on the placement of the enemy and your enemy. I think that one is a boss. The one that we, show, we just saw there. Yeah, it's Fireman there. So the classic um, Mega Man bosses are here in different, let's say, iterations. So th that's also like an easter egg of some sort. And another strategy I use here is as much as you can, use the same chips of the same type or the same letters, same codes. And the faster you beat the enemy, the better, because you get better rewards at the end. So I'm not sure if anybody else has played this game. You see there that you can explore it, unlike the usual um, choosing, I guess, options on the map. <laughs> I was able to play this before on an emulator. Um, I only, f I only got, I, I haven't, I had, I didn't really finish the game. Like maybe almost, uh, almost at the last dungeon. But uh, considering the footage that we're showing right now, um, so the end. So you have uh, so Mega Man have have nine squares to move on to. Your enemy has also has nine. Yeah. And if you have the right cards, you might be able to steal uh, three more squares from the enemy. Making him move more limitedly. <laughs> yes, and you can actually do melee attacks with that. Right. So, it, it, so by increasing your so increasing your squares, you can move a little bit further through the map, right? Yes. Right. Um, any uh, any questions or impressions, uh, gentlemen, about Miss Ice Game? Um, um, not your typical I... FRPG, right there. Yeah. And I was actually surprised that this was the game that uh, she was going to be talking about. But uh, to answer her question, uh, she was asking if there is a game that's like this. There's a game called One Step from Eden. Exactly the same gameplay. Uh, she might want to check it out if she's a big fan of the gameplay of uh, Rackman.exe. Um, and uh, based on what uh, Miss Ayn has said, so yeah... Uh, it could be uh, considered as a tactic RPG because you are using your tactics. It's just that it's more on real time uh, and you're just controlling a single uh, avatar character, uh, whatever we may want to call it. And uh, it just uh, uh, got uh, caught me off the red field. And I love the game. I love this. I love the series. I love Rockman. And it's just... Um, um, eh, some things uh, is just based on interpretate on our interpretation and our experience, and I do see her point that uh, she sees this as a tactical RPG. Um, it's just that it caught me left field because I'm so used to uh, a tactic game having uh, 
the map uh, but this uh, this um I, I i it's just that maybe i did not associate the game as an srpg when i played it i, I associated it as more of a card based uh, real time action action uh, battle system that's an a regular jrpg well that that's just that's just me i'm not stepping on what miss uh ein is uh, interpreting it as so uh that's really caught me by surprise so uh yeah if you really like the system uh please do check uh once one step from eden as uh, almost the same exact like, gameplay just uh without rockman but thank you for right. that uh recommendation i'm looking it up in the other window <laughs> right, i, I like that. this I, i like this game than the original platformer game it's a lot easier right <laughs> maybe because i'm a schmuck at uh, playing mega man games <laughs> because i like i like the uh, mega man legends and this one i played this around i guess 2004 and i like this better than the uh, original mega man rockman series All right. Uh, thanks for that, Miss I, Sir Drew, and Sir JDM. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, let me just uh, let me just make oh. two observations about it, Joe. One, yeah. my first observation about it is it uh, the game the card's gameplay does remind me a little bit of Metal Gear Acid. If anybody's rem- if anybody remembers playing oh, that, that game, game. JDM, <laughs> Metal Gear Acid, where you have cards. Uh, that JDM's uh, experiencing traumatic uh, flashbacks right now, okay, <laughs> because JDM is our resident Metal Gear Solid fanatic. So yes, yeah, Metal Gear Acid. It does remind me a little bit of that. The fact that the, the The moves are based on cards. The attacks are based on the cards that you draw, and everything that that kind of reminds me of it with Mega Man Battle Network. And second, the second thing is, I do believe there is an anime of this. I think I yeah, which is for to watch. I was wondering how close it was to the the, the game, the game storyline to the anime. I'll probably have to do a little bit of research. But if anybody knows how close the Uh, how close the storyline of the anime is to the video game? Please let us know in the chat. I don't have to. I don't have to uh, worry about uh, my terrible reflexes and gameplay affecting my enjoyment of the storyline. Okay, <laughs> all right. Back to you, John. All right. I yeah. There, there is an anime of this, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, though. Um, All right, thank you for that, Sir Joe. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, how about the one sitting over there in the corner being quiet? How about Sir Jomar? <laughs> okay. What's the uh, what's the strategy role-playing game of choice, Sir Jomar? So before I start, I have a side comment for Ice uh, Game. So I was I was just watching the game, and then I I just realized that maybe this is where the writers of Racket Ralph got the idea of you know a game traveling through the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can, yeah, it can work. Yeah. Yes. So okay. So uh, huh? the game is about so, viruses. Um, That's a good point, Doma. So okay, uh, uh, for Sergio's question, I would actually start with uh, I would like to start with D and D because that's my first uh, oh, tactical yeah. um, um, 
uh, RPG. But since I have SRW here, so I'm I'm just gonna talk about it. Um, I don't know how I can make SRW more interesting. People know it. Uh, everybody knows it. It's uh, the, the gameplay is simple. Um, Which one? Said, What? There, there are 30. <laughs> well, <laughs> well Which one? if you check all of them, it, everything is the same, basically. <laughs> No, actually, uh, that's a really okay, good how, how about what your most uh, what's your favorite installment? There you go. Mm, there you go. Mm. Oh yeah. So I'm actually getting in, into that. So uh, <laughs> I got for uh, I I first got into SRW and even uh, tactical RPG in games when I saw Neo SRW in Raon because I was I, I was buying bootlegs before in Raon. And uh, I, 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 when I first got my PlayStation One, um, I went to Raon, and then I was like choosing some game, and I just see a glimpse of this robot, and uh, it was a done deal for me. So I saw Voltis Five in Neo. I was like, oh my God, Voltis Five in a game? I, I, I don't even have an idea on what's going on with uh, Super Robot Wars. I haven't seen it on Game Boy or any other, uh, you know. Uh, consoles so um, I asked the guy to you know to grab the the, the, the CD and then I, I just bought it uh, I was I was th there you go Th that's a classic uh, I still have the CD uh, I, 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 I brought it here in the US all that's my collection I always uh, brought it here in the US so loving it I, loving it right now <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's it's amazing. So, uh, the only drawback that I have is is in Japanese. And back in the days, we don't have any translator and stuff like that. We don't have anything to translate uh, Japanese. Well, we we do have. Um, I don't uh, I don't know if you guys remember Babel, the translator. Babel fish, yeah. Yeah, Bubblefish is the first translator that I ever uh, encountered ah. before. I was trying to do that on Bubblefish, but it's it's not it's not actually working. So what I what I did is I have a classmate back in college in um, uh, FEU, and he's really good in Japanese because he's Japanese, Filipino Japanese. So I have him go over to my house just to translate what the game was saying. So, uh, in order for me to play the game, I have to call him. I'm not going to be able to play the game without him. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, that, that's my first encounter with um, JRPG in a game. Uh, because, you know, Sumi, uh, Super Famicom Wars is not uh, RPG anyways. Uh, so... Um, And everything was history. So uh, SRW, if you want to get into it, uh, if you like robots, if you like watching anime robots, uh, this is the thing for you. Uh, I think everybody would understand uh, right off the bat what's going on, even though th they will ask questions uh, regarding uh, uh, the, the dimensional earthquake. So that's easy to, you know, To understand because dimensional earthquake if that didn't happen our super robot wars will not uh, meet each other in in this in any universe so how exactly uh, so um, so let's just say 
Um, so let's just say for the sake of the argument, how exactly are they living on the same universe? Like, uh, was there a portal? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, how is how is Vault Five inter? I mean, how is Vault Five interacting with the other robots? I mean, how, how does any robot interact with any other robot here? <laughs> well, what yeah, so is? <laughs> It's it's actually the the dimension dimensional earthquake. Up until now, they still you know yeah. They, they for some reason it's uh, when you when you play the game, they had no idea what's going on. But everything was being caused by a dim- dimensional earthquake was because uh, because of a dimensional bomb that uh, blew uh, blew some somewhere in the storyline. Uh, that caused every universe of the super robot wars uh, merge to each other without them knowing. <clears throat> Up until now, I, I played the uh, the PlayStation Four uh, super robot wars, and Voltis Five doesn't even know what's going on. Why why are they on the different Earth? So Look, it's been how many years? Uh, it's if, been three two decades, three decades. If I can interrupt Jomar on this, I would. I never thought I would say something like this as a plot big guy. But who the fuck cares about the plot when it comes to Super Robot Wars? We're talking about <laughs> yeah. the coolest things, <laughs> you the coolest robots ever that you ever played with as a kid. Imagining yeah. how they would interact with each other, and this game allows you to actually see it. Your favorite super yeah. robots interact with each other. Who the hell cares how it happens? I, 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 <laughs> I would care. When I said to Joel, you know what? When um, I saw that on mm. the display case, mm-hmm. I, I just saw my, my, my eyes of like a horse with uh, yeah. what you call that. <laughs> I, I'm just fighters. seeing. I'm just seeing uh, Voltus Five right here. Yes, exactly. So, tunnel, tunnel vision. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was tunnel uh, uh, vision on mm. Voltus Five. Did not even notice the other robots until I grabbed the CD and then oh, saw what okay. the hell did Mazinger Z also here? Yeah. And then Gundam is also here. Oh my god! I, yeah. I, I was like, um, you yeah. know, going crazy in that store. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. The fact is, you know, as a kid. All of these ro- series that you used to watch on TV, you you had a favorite one, but then again, you had a second yeah. favorite one. You always thought, what would happen if my two favorite robots clash with each other, exactly. and then later on work with each other? The fact is, sometimes you don't even have to worry about the plot. The fact is, they would the the idea that they would work with each other against an enemy would be so mind blowing already that you don't wor- care about um, anything else. So I guess that's the I'll- that's the conceit of. Super- Robot I will have a follow-up question in this. Mm, yeah. Because with all throughout the, the, the gameplay footage that I am seeing regarding with the Super Robot Wars franchise, the game is called Super Robot Wars. Are mm-hmm. they actually fighting each other or are they just fighting a common enemy? Well, uh, to answer you the question, it's like, uh, for example, here in the PlayStation, 1, uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. 4, right? Uh, when um, when Voltus 5... M- Merged to the universe of um, uh, uh, Combatler Five, they actually yeah. fought, almost fought, but uh, they're they're almost. yeah. So they, they, because they don't know each other, um, it also happened in Neo, uh, where oh, really? some yeah they, so, they, so, they, didn't, they didn't saw each other. Hey, you rip off! Who are you calling a rip off? You should use a rip off. Yes, actually, actually, that's the, 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 the one that you know, combat the fight was saying. 
you're a ripoff of our robot and us. Filipinos so, would say com- the complete opposite. Combatler would be the ripoff there. <laughs> well, you know. So uh, yes, yeah, so, um, because it's super robot wars. Even their enemies are super robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if the hero super robots merge to each other, so it uh, it also happened to the villains. So all the villains become a generalized enemy force against the heroic robots in Super mm-hmm. Robot Wars. Is that it? Ah, I see. Yeah, okay. and 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 and, and the, the, the funny thing is, uh, you know, uh, Voltage Five is fighting Mazinger Z's, you know, uh, enemy or whoever. I mean, you as a kid, you'd always wonder how would Voltage Five fare against Doctor Hell's forces, or how would Mazinger Z fare against the Bozanians? Yeah, it would. It would. You know. Mm-hmm. You, it's like you don't have to delve too deep into the plot of Super Robot Wars. It's more of a case, a general, a general a, a, a game about what ifs. What yeah. if this robot went against that robot, or what if that robot went against that enemy? Would they stand a chance? And it's just cool. It's just plain cool. The fact is that's the conceit of Super Robot Wars, from my understanding, that you don't have to worry about how how the storyline is yeah you just enjoy how cool it is that's it mm-hmm. it's like a dream team yes uh, exactly yeah. mm-hmm. like in basketball like the harlem yeah. globetrotters or the the all-american basketball stars they yeah. all play together you root for them yeah. and then everything mm-hmm. followed suit because with the fighting games you have marvel versus capcom oh, yes. you have There's that. capcom versus mm-hmm. snk right agree this is one of the reasons why we have crossovers right now. hey crossovers are, are are big i mean the that's there's a reason why the avengers is one of the biggest biggest films of all time yeah mm. <laughs> uh in regarding with we're doing we're doing the voltus 5 scenario here mm-hmm. do you start with <laughs> all of voltus 5's arsenal or just a few oh uh, that's a good question jomar well Yes, so uh, it depends on on which series are you playing, but most of the arsenals are there. Mm. Like everything, the whip, the in, top. In in, in 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 Neo, I saw Voltus Five's uh, arsenals are in there. Like uh, yeah, the the chain knuckles, uh, even the small ones, the the, the ground fire. Uh, okay. Yes, it, um, show of hands. Every panel here, say one Voltus Five arsenal. Go, uh, Sir Drew. <laughs> Ultra magnetic sword matic. Electromagnetic yo yo. Miss Hino. I I don't know the name of the belt. The belt. Oh, the belt. Yeah, there you the go. <laughs> becomes. Uh, uh, oh, how about Miss I? I only know electromagnetic top. For mm-hmm. Joel, <laughs> chain knuckle. <laughs> oh shit! There's that. All right. If it was Dimos, I could shout double blizzard. Oh yeah, double blizzard. Dimos is also there. Dimos is also there. It's, it's Gundam in Super Robot Wars. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's not Super Robot. Which one? Which okay, one? let's Gundam. let's not. Uh, Which Gundam is there? Because oh, the it's Gundam. real robot, right? Mm-mm. All uh, of them. All of them. 
<laughs> yes, so all of them. <laughs> never, never mind. Let's not get into the super robot versus real robot debate. <laughs> Uh, I know what's going on in your head right But now. <laughs> that, that that's the funny thing. Uh, Gundam is always the resident super robot in in all of those super robots. Which is those are real robots, right? <laughs> so what you're saying, Jomar, is that they Gundam is the commonality, the commonality of of all all of them. Now, I would let. Uh, Mom Inu answered it because she she was itching to say something. Yeah, okay, go ahead, Miss Inu. No, 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 because there is this debate in the in the mecha fandom wherein you have here the more realistic robots, the the Gundams. I guess you can add in the robots in like Escaflone or um, Kogias, and then there's the super robots, the one with the fantastical attacks, like uh, we have the Voltus Fives, the Dimoses, and Yeah, it's just debate about the super robot with superpowers versus the more realistic robot. So since it's called Super Robot Wars, mm. why is there Gundam in it? But maybe it's just a catchy title. That's because <laughs> I guess the I guess the crossover kind of adjusted their power levels so that they're not overwhelming the the Gundams because normally Mazinger Z would kick everybody's ass. And oh, um, yeah, I mean, wait. no, I mean, if you've seen Mazinger wait, Z Infinity, wait. I mean, if you've seen Mazinger <laughs> Z Infinity, he goes up against an entire army of, 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 I don't know what those are called, beast monsters, shall we say, and he comes out relatively unscathed. Uh, the only thing that was able to kick his ass was another Mazinger, which is, you know, the the Infinity Mazinger. So, uh, it's it's a valid it's a valid argument that. The, uh, realistic robots might not fare well against super robots, but yeah, I'm imagining right. power level adjustments are there. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, Mazinger Z is mm. beyond compare. Mm-hmm. Every other <laughs> robot in shit. I mean, I, I would say uh, popularity-wise, Mazinger not Z even Grandizer. Granda, ah, uh, those are brothers basically. Mazinger Z and Grandizer are are created by the same. By the same guy, so you don't know which the creator would favor. But I'm imagining since Mazinger Z came out first, he's probably gonna kick an amazing uh, grandizer shot. So we're talking about Super Robot Wars here already. That's gonna be for another episode, ladies and gentlemen. All right, oh, yes. please continue. <laughs> yeah, please continue, Jawar. Yes, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine, uh, Tito Jawar. Yeah, you have you have a point there, but you know if um, if. There will come a a like a, a universe that Mazinger Z will fight a super robot wars or a mm-hmm. real robot. I think Mazinger Z will not stand a chance on a Gundam. Mm-hmm. But I love Mazinger Z. Uh-huh. Okay, I love Mazinger Z, but it depends on because a, a, a Gundam, a, a, as you see on Super Robot War, they're mm-hmm. uh, they're built different. On uh, no Gundam is the same by uh, on each other. So they have their own weapons and then uh, weaponry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Miss 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 <laughs> Inu was like, would like to say something. Yeah, go ahead, Miss Inu. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. It, it, it depends on which Gundam, but let's not yes. go off into that tangent. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. I know. Yes, oh, I know. Yes. So that oh, that's a that's another potential topic that we will. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Although, yeah, that that's basically it. That's I I'm, I'm imagining this is the main appeal of Super Robot Wars for Jomar and for a lot of people who play it. The fact that you can use all these what if scenarios, like what if this robot goes against that robot? What if this robot goes uh, goes against that enemy? How would it fare? Who's better? Who's worse? Does your dream team stack up against the reality of it as programmed by the programmers? So it's 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 a nice concept, and I I yes. really love to get into it. I I would say more. I would agree with Drew on this that this is a little bit better of an intro to to people who have no idea what SRPGs are, as opposed to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would yeah. I would ask another follow up question in regarding mm. with uh, in regarding with this game to Sir Jomar. So out of all of the installments, we have thirty out of the uh, for uh, at the moment, right? Um, for those people who are novices or you know um, or beginners in regarding with uh, with strategy role-playing games but also like this kind of super robot wars genre they, they, they like this one i mean just the aesthetic of it the looks of it the anime cutscenes of it among the 30 what would be the easiest title that they can get into so they won't get too overwhelmed uh well in english it's not, uh, actually it's not not the easy the, the question is not the easiest uh every super robot wars is uh for me it's, it, it's actually it's, I've, I've not played those all of the super robot wars but uh i've played most of them uh for me everything is actually the same it will have whatever you know series that you wanted to start with um it will fit for for a novice Ga- uh, a gamer for for tactical RP- RPG, I would say if they want the, the the question if they want to go deep to the Super Robot War, they they have to go back way back. Uh, if not, if they just wanted the the game and then they just because it's robot and then they're happy to see robots fighting or uh, uh, they wanted to start with tactical. RPG, then I would say just start with the one in PlayStation Four, or the one. Oh, you know what? There's there's a a, a Super Robot War that only um, released in Asia. It's in mobile. Uh, oh. Yes, it first released only in Japan, but it was released in Asia. And Voltif Five is also in there. I, I forgot the name. Something uh, Super Robot uh, something F or something. Super Robot War Mobile. Yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah, so the, the, there's I, I think there's only one, there's only one Super Robot Wars uh, in a mobile that Voltis Five is also in there. Um, yeah, they, they they should start with that first and then see if if, if that will work with them, uh, if the gameplay would work work with them because I'm pretty sure the uh, the game itself. It's just the gameplay. To be honest, the, uh, the only Super Robot Wars game that I bought was only because I saw the gameplay of it and the cover. Yeah. And Miss Hinu and Sir Drew might know this one. Because I saw Ray Earth. Ray Earth was dead front and center Super Robot Wars T. I got that for the PlayStation oh, Super- 4 yeah, yeah. from PlayAsia. Only because of a Magic Knight Ray Earth. I'm like, I'm getting this game. <laughs> I love World of Five. Don't get me wrong. But Magic Knight Ray Earth, come on. Yeah, 90s kids, where you at? Yeah. Oh, there's also a Super uh, Robot Wars now in Steam, by the way. The new one. 
I think uh, Drew has something to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, go ahead. When it comes to Super Robot Wars, the the entry, uh, the game that you should enter with is the one where your favorite mech is featured on yes. it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Just just a personal opinion because uh, that way you have you already have a personal attachment to the to That's the right. series store rather to the game so that you would be able to enjoy it more because your favorite uh, Super Robot is in that particular game because not all uh, not all entries have the same uh well besides uh, not, i i don't think even masinger is featured on each and every game and no, no, uh no. so just check out which uh which of these games has your favorite mech on it uh me personally um i forgot which game bandred was featured on but uh, that's it? my favorite mech really? series yeah all <laughs> yeah, three because, uh, all three forms of bandred Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Zura, I forgot Dita. which. I forgot which one is it. It, it was, but uh, yeah, for, uh, which one? Bandred yeah, Dita. Yeah. Uh, I think Bro Joe is a little bit excited because uh, <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna look that up. Bandred for the same. The I like Bandred because of you know because I'm a man of culture. Yes, we are the same. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, you got so, Dita, uh, Maya, and Jura. That's my opinion on which uh, which SRW somebody should uh, start. I'm gonna with. look that up right now. Hmm. <laughs> Super World War II Van Dread. All right. Um, yeah, exa- and, and, exactly. Um, uh, the, 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 well said. Uh, so you start off with your robot, uh, the, the the robot that you like. But there's a piece of advice. Uh, don't level up or gear only your robot your favorite robot it, it will mess you up it, I, i learned that the hard way <laughs> oh so you need to level so you need to level them up equally then yeah you have to gear them uh, evenly on depending on your play style it, it depends on the use case actually right okay i mean are you allowed to choose your own team of robots or it's just a storyline will just give whatever so yes you're allowed to but Also with the storyline because some storyline it will remove your robot from the uh, from the from the oh. rooster and then you're left with your weak ass you know second string <laughs> yes it's, it's right. always like this there's a mothership that you mm. can always go go back to and then uh, at the beginning of the 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 gameplay you'll be to uh, you'll choose a a a, a roster for your who's gonna fight and then you're gonna be placing them. Uh, whatever you like, depending on your tactics. Mm, okay. Right. Uh, uh, first things first, though. I'd like to acknowledge Christ, uh, Christ John Esagunde on the chats. Uh, he says, "I have a me- I have a cartridge of Legendary Starfy 2 and my cousin uh, they buy in Japan since. And we have a song in Plaka, Voltis 5 Tagalog version. That was very popular. Voltis 5 in Mazinger Z in Plaka. I I agree. You know, yung mga kapanahunin ko. There we had the large records and the small ones uh, of of the of the soundtrack of." Voltus Five and Mazinger Z, and of course, you know the ending theme song. Who could possibly forget, you know, uh, the ending theme song of Voltus Five, and everybody would sing mm-hmm. to it. And you know, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, back to done. you. Back to you, Jovar. Well, yeah, done. Um, yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, yes, that's all. Okay, okay. It's it's again, it's it's the central conceit of Super Robot Wars. Your favorite robots can be there, fight off against your other favorite robots, and 
yeah, you just and like Drew says, find the one where your favorite robot is in, yes. and enjoy the heck out of it. And then maybe you'll get into the other ones too. All right, uh, thank you for that, Sir Jomar. If um, anybody else would like to uh, share their inputs before we move to the next one. Uh, uh, I want to say uh, the yeah. robots right, look cute. I think the robots look cute because they decided to go the SD route on the designs the, here. The super deformed yeah. chibi style. Chibi <laughs> style. <Yeah. laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> I think um, I think on the uh, on the SNES one and the PS one PS two they were a little bit chibified. Mm-hmm. It's not only until they went PS three PS four they went full mecha. I'm sorry to intrude. Um, uh, you were giving uh, Sir Seabird uh, some tactical RPG for horror games, right? I, I just remembered something. I just want to get this out. So yeah, yeah. for kids, because because uh, for kids, naman is you have you can try Marvel Midnight Suns. I just remembered. Midnight Suns, okay. I think yeah. I, I think I saw that being on sale this past uh, Black Friday. A new Marvel game. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's it's, uh, it's really? been a it it it's been it's been a while. It's been out for a while. It's, it's like a it, it's a tactical game, and then you use cards. Mm, okay. Ah, right. But the, well, there's also placing. You know, you have to also place. Right. But, uh, well, there's JDM's nightmare again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a card game. Mm. It's a tactical <laughs> RPG. All right. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you for that, Sir Jomar and everybody. We will move to the next one. Let's try Miss Hino this time. Miss Hino, what's your first game for this evening? So something common about the games that I have with me is that uh, both of them are handheld strategy RPGs, and that both of them are spin-offs. Um, Because normally how I tackle games is that I play them by the year I bought them. So if I'm working on the 2021 backlog, I follow or <laughs> I, I play through all of the games in the 2021 backlog. Right. So both of these games are from my 2021 backlog, which I'm not finished yet with. So here we are. Uh, so the first game that we have here might be familiar to the others, but I don't think. A lot of people have played it compared to its mainline series, and the first one is uh, Valkyrie Profile: Covenant of the Plume for the Nintendo DS. Um, so this was a game developed by TriAce, and it was published by uh, Square Enix. Um, when I first told people that I was gonna play this game, they had one common comment or advice to me, and then is that they told me that. It is the most difficult Valkyrie profile game, and perhaps maybe one of the more difficult strategy RPGs. Oh, so I was wow. like, okay, I don't, I don't really play strategy RPGs because I'm stupid. And then I'm going in head first to this one, so I was like, okay, let's see how I'm gonna fare. Um, uh, let me tell you guys more about the the plot of the game. So. Um, you follow this character called Wilfred. His father was a warrior who died in battle. So his father became an Ijenhar, 
uh, basically since we're talking about Valkyrie Kofa, we're following in with the Norse mythology wherein fallen uh, fallen warriors can be um, taken by uh, the mythical angels of sorts, the Valkyries, and they can go to their heaven and they can fight in Ragnarok or like the, the final war in their mythology. So um, the main character, uh, Wilfred, um, he's actually angry to this Valkyrie who took his father's soul and sent him off to uh, to Valhalla to fight the, the Ragnarok or the war. So uh, his goal is to seek vengeance and kill the Valkyrie that took his father away from him. And what I like about this game is that it's actually dark. You don't really play as a good guy you play as someone who's very gray and leading more onto the dark side you can also say that he's someone of an anti-hero because since he doesn't like the valkyries he teams up with its counterpart the mistress of hell and the mistress of hell gives him this capability wherein if he needs to power up his party members, he needs to use the feather or the plume. And once he uses it, he powers up a certain party member. That party member is going to be so OP. That party member can alone wipe out the entire army in the map. But in exchange of that, that party member is going to die. Uh-huh. They're going to have permadeath. You're, you're never gonna use them again after that battle. I, I, they're really dead. Oh. So it's really hardcore. It's I think this is the first time that I played a game like this that is more on the darker side. And uh, what else? So let's go to the good and bad of the game. Um, as mentioned earlier, a lot of people are saying that this is the most difficult. Um, entry to the Valkyrie Profile uh, game, so I would suggest that this is that this be the entry point of people to uh, SRPGs or Valkyrie Profile in in general. And I learned it the the hard way. But um, once you get used to the the gameplay, it's actually very addictive. And since we're talking about something that's by Tri Ace and Square Enix. The graphics are gorgeous. We have the um, some beautiful 2D sprites, and we have the the usual beautiful uh, 3D cutscenes um, made by Tri Ace and Square Enix. And what else? We have these fun combos. Um, you discover that you can pair up with certain party members. And for example, I have party member A. Um, Wilfred and party member A, if you like um, put them aside one another, they can perform the special attack. Or if you have a pincer move with party member B, there's a different attack. So it lets you organically discover uh, new moves and new ways of um, fighting your foes and inflicting more damage. Uh, What else? What else? Uh, the game also has branching narratives, which I really, really appreciate. And what I mean by that is, since I mentioned that we're following an anti-hero of sorts, you can actually play the game by killing all of your party members. 
Mm. You can finish the game going that route. You sacrifice everyone just for revenge. And then you'll get this ending. But if uh, there are three endings. The bad, the good, and the perfect ending. So the bad ending, that is the evil route. The good ending is wherein you sacrifice maybe two or three of your party members. And the perfect ending, of course, is <laughs> you don't sacrifice anyone at right. all. <laughs> oh. So it's really difficult because there are certain story events wherein you need to fight battles back to back. And you don't get to replenish your stocks. You don't get to heal your characters. Uh, no matter what your HP is in the first battle, you carry it over the next one. And of course, since we're talking about the uh, strategy RPGs, uh, sometimes each battle has a condition. Like, you can only move two tiles. If you move more than three tiles before attacking someone, and then you, you don't get the bonus and whatever. So it depends on no matter how OCD a person if, is, if they want to um, check all those bonus, uh, those bonus, like, uh, what they call this, uh, instructions. If you accomplish them, you get higher rewards, higher money. And yeah, if you just want to have more of a challenge, even though the game is stupidly difficult already, I actually got the bad ending at first because I was like, I can kill my party members. That's new. Let me kill everyone. Let's see what's going to happen. And then I got the bad ending, so... And then I realized I need to play this all over again. As someone who doesn't play tactics RPGs that much, so it was horrible. Uh, let's go to the the downside. Um, I'm gonna say do not compare this game to its predecessors because it's a completely I would say it, it's take, it's set in a different perspective. Normally, when you play Valkyrie profile games, you play as the Valkyries. You yes. gather the fallen warriors so that you'll have enough recruits and soldiers to fight with you in the Battle of Ragnarok. But here, you're seeing the other side, the flip side. You're you're you're, you're looking into the point of view of, of a human whose family has died because the of the Valkyries, you're seeing the subsequent events or the, the effects of what these Valkyries are doing and you're seeing what's, what's going on in, in the world uh, from a different perspective. So, um, I guess the other downside I'm gonna say is since this game was released in the Nintendo DS, it's not as accessible to the general uh, gamer uh, landscape, but you can always go the Yar Har Har Seven Seas route if you know what I mean. So, because as far as I know, this game hasn't been ported to any uh, any other console, unlike its predecessor that. Uh, the PS1 game, I think it's yeah. available online, so you can play it at yeah. the, the more modern iterations of the consoles. But this one, yeah, just sail the seven seas. And to those looking for um, a challenge, um, this is something that I would recommend with caution. <laughs> 
strategy. I don't. I, I don't have any strategy. I was. I was banging my head on the wall. It's difficult. I'm looking at YouTube. I'm looking at the old game facts boards. I'm repeating some battles for multiple days, and I think I finished the game at around 30 to 40 hours. So it's it's not for the faint-hearted. It's not an entry game <laughs> for those new to RPGs. And yeah, I, I guess that's all that I would have to say for Valkyrie Profile, Covenant of the Plume. That was released on the Nintendo DS. DS. Uh, let's see that again. Um, let's see that again, Miss uh, Miss Hino. What you got there? Let, let's see the Valkyrie, game. Valkyrie Profile, Covenant of the Plume for the Nintendo DS. How much did that set you set you back? How much is it? <laughs> Actually, it's. I would say it's one of the cheaper Valkyrie profile games aside from the latest iteration, the Elysium. This is one of the cheaper ones because we all know that the PS1 is woo, grail. Uh, and then oh, yeah. the PS2 is kind of up there as well, but this is actually affordable. But it's just that I know that a lot of people, a lot of gamers didn't really have the DS as compared to right now, a lot of people has the Switch, right? So, but yeah. You get it for cheap physically, or you go yar har 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 mode. Uh, so I played both. Uh, so I played so, uh, Valkyrie Profile One and Two. So you did mention. So this is this is rather a spin-off from uh, from the main series. Um, so you did mention that the main guy is angry with one of the Valkyries because we got three. We got Lena, we got Filmeria, and we got Thrist. Who's the Valkyrie that he's angry with? Leneth. Mean- oh, Leneth. He hates Leneth. Leneth. Okay. So, among of those characters that Leneth took from the first game, what? Uh, who was the character that his dad I think was? It, I think they were trying to make it more accessible. So, right. I don't think that the father of the main character is someone who we recruited in the game. All right. Okay. Because I'm, 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 well, I'm just trying to uh, create um, a headcanon why yeah, yeah. he's at the first place. Yeah. What would would, would have been nice, like if this was the uh, the bastard child of of Arngrim, maybe, right? <laughs> but hey, um, in regarding with the gameplay, uh, as you mentioned, quite unique. So there, there's the plume, right? So whoever gets the whoever gets the plume gets the uh, gets all of the uh, the hyper powers. But oh, yeah, for exchanges. Uh, you know, uh, they they gonna die. <laughs> um, did it ever occur to you to use the plume in any situation, or you just want to make sure that you everyone's alive? So you're sacrificing more time on making sure they're alive rather than using the plume. I don't since the concept of killing someone intentionally in your party was so foreign and so new to me. On my first playthrough, I just went ahead and killed all of my recruited party members just to see what's gonna happen. I mean, I mentioned I'm stupid. I don't play this. I play strategy RPGs with the tactic brute force in mind. Right. 
and right. brute force only. So I was like, oh, this is making, this is gonna make things very, very easy for me. <laughs> I can finish this game using only one character for battle, and then mm, I got the bad ending. So. Uh, so Joel, what seems to me, uh, Miss Hino didn't read the manual. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact is, it's it's for I understand her thought process. Yeah, uh, Miss Hino, this isn't her this isn't her genre of choice. So it's a way to play it the way that she, the way that she would normally play other games. If it seems to be the the way to do it quickly and easily, let's do that and. You know, it bit her in the ass. So <laughs> I guess that's I. It's I can follow her thought process, and I completely understand it. But what you actually said, Joe, earlier was something that uh, that I I'll have to toss in. SRPGs. Well, I completely forgot to mention this in the er, in the earlier part. I wish all SRPGs had a had a lore map included every time that you bought it so like if you bought a, an srpg that you would have a map of which kingdom relates to where uh, which other kingdom right. what its motivation is who the main players of each kingdom is and how they uh, how they relate to this the storyline because it's one thing about about srpgs i've observed the complexity of relationships per per character per kingdom and everything it's it's it kind of the de- doesn't derail it 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 it's an it would be a wonderful way thing to get into it's just a little hard to get into from especially from a beginner like me it, it's the, the complexities of political plotting are real are really hard to grasp from the very beginning so that's my wish about srpgs anyways uh, well if, if i was gonna give you a good news about this game it's that it has its it has it has like a mm-hmm. compendium or whatnot or oh, a log okay. of the events which are the warring factions or which happened pre- in the previous chapter. So uh, yes, I I I do agree with you that it would be really handy for the users, not just the casual ones, but also the you know the people who are more used to this genre to have like a guide mm-hmm. where, just to keep track of things. And um, what do you call this? Another thing uh, I forgot to mention this in our earlier question: How do you differentiate a uh, strategy RPG uh, to a JRPG? Is that normally in a JRPG you only care about maybe five characters, six characters? Those people are always in your party. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the strategy RPGs, normally you are controlling basically armies because it's normally uh, a fight between maybe two warring nations, two warring states. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the of the the troops that you control, they have no name. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just Archer A, Archer B. So you don't you, you don't necessarily have this attachment to them. Sure, you can customize them, but you don't necessarily have this attachment because the story is very complex enough as it is. And having <laughs> having to name all of those characters in the field. What if there's fifty on your end, fifty on the <laughs> on your enemy's end, right? And how do you, how do you keep up with everyone? How do you remember everyone? Then there's this intrigue, political intrigue, and then there's a side quest. So, yeah, a, a guide would really be nice in further installation. Well, Miss Miss Hino's description of it actually reminds me of the old box sets of Dungeons and Dragons. Jomar might remember all these. You know how Dungeons and Dragons used to come in box sets, where the basic Dungeons and Dragons you had the red set. 
you would be playing characters from level one to five or something like that, and all the way up to level mm. level sixty. The box set, the blue box set, would be like you would be controlling armies already, and you would be fighting gods. I guess that's that's one. Jomar would Jomar would see this as <clears throat> as a way to kind of translate that. You know, as strategy RPGs are at that level where the blue box set already, where you where you're playing with armies and possibly later on battling giant, you know, uh, giant kingdoms, shall we say, you know, with your with your army. But yeah, I digress. Uh, that, that that's uh, Miss Hino's choice. Um, uh, any any comments, guys? I have a question for Miss Hino. Um, yeah. Uh, since this is on the DS, what can you do with the touch screen on this game? Actually, I don't use the touch screen much because what I noticed from DS games is not not all developers utilize the double screen function. Not all of them uh, utilizes the the touch function. So mostly, I just use the the D pad as well as the the X Y A B button. So it's not going to be a problem if you're going if you're going the seven C's route. You can play this easily since you can just use the normal button controls. So I don't remember anything that's very gimmicky when it comes to the touch screen. So it won't be a problem for those people who wants to maybe um, play the game in different platforms or means. I think the I think the what it looks like on the double screen is on the right side. So. The gameplay was down there, and then uh, some stats are on the top screen, right? Yeah. Something like that, or maybe it's the map that's on the top mm-hmm. part of the screen. But yeah, they didn't really make it made it that gimmicky since the game is already complex in itself. So adding more <laughs> complexity to it would set the bar higher for people who want to uh, go into the game. So there's no really a reason to put this on a DS though. So you can just put this on a PS. <laughs> what the hell? The top screen is useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say okay. that actually. Uh, the Miss Miss Hino does make a great point on this one. The fact is, a lot of these games might not necessarily use this the second uh, the second touch screen. It would make for easy porting onto the Nintendo Switch in the future. Hint, Nintendo, yes. you've got you know you've got you've got a great uh, back library there. Make use of it. <laughs> yeah. If you look it's at the game, they would, make, uh, if they would release like a like a collect like a collection of popular profile uh, games on the Switch, right? Yeah, JDM, you were about to say. It looks like Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Yeah. I think it, but it's, it, they, they just did this like a uh, Final Fantasy tactic style to capitalize the success of uh, A2. Yeah, because I, I, A2 came out on 2007. Then I read that this came out a year later or two years later. Yeah. So they they like. Uh, integrated the tactics and the uh, in the gameplay of uh, the the first game where you press the buttons right to do the attacks. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I I do agree. I think 
since they have this winning formula already with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics 8. I mean, why not just use the same engine and uh, create a game for a known franchise such as Valkyrie Profile so that people wouldn't be too daunted. It's something kind of familiar, but yeah, the, don't get me wrong, the complexity of A2 versus Covenant of the Plume is way on the on the opposite sides of the scale. All right. Um, so one last question for me. So that guy who is blinking red, does that mean he has the plume? Why, yeah. Why is he blinking red? That's the person who's gonna die later on. <laughs> oh. Uh, so I guess are, it's uh, just so, an, uh, if, if we're so, gonna uh, talk UX, UX-wise, since the map there's so many characters, I guess they just made the character red just so just so you would know who's the heavy hitter among your ranks and file, and just so you know that that person's gonna die at the end of the battle. <laughs> after the battle, right? So for those people who are uh, who are just listening in, we are showing some gameplay footage of Valkyrie Profile Covenant of the Plume, and based on Miss Hino's description of who has the plume and who's going to die, there is one, uh, one of the party members is blinking red. <laughs> and according to her, he gon' die. <laughs> he gon' die indeed. He gon' die. All right. Um, and if, um, if anybody else would like to comment on this game, uh, we can probably move on to the next one. Uh, let's go. Uh, thanks for for your first game, Miss Hinu, and thank you for everyone for your uh, for you. your inputs. Let's go to uh, Sir Drew, and then after Sir Drew, we'll we'll do Sir JD, Sir JDM last. Uh, Sir Drew, what's your strategy role playing game for the evening? Um, I'm gonna start off, and I I do think that I'm not gonna get to the second game because of how long this is gonna take. And oh uh, no, that's fine. We. we- <laughs> This is we're, actually we are prepared for it. <laughs> okay, we okay. know we so, know it's gonna be like this. I'm actually gonna go into a little bit of a personal backstory before I get into the introduction of the game because uh, um, w- way back uh, during the Super Famicom and going into the PlayStation One era, uh, I do not no have not played or have not experienced any jrpg in my life and like this something magical to me that when when i see it on gaming magazine it's more on like what the heck kind of game this is in my mind i'm just trying to really imagine what uh what type of game those are and um one of the reasons for that is i have a super famicom and i do not really get to play these games because they are not readily available during that time and age and i do feel that mostly it's the rich kids who got to play uh, the early jrpgs like uh, super mario yeah so um going into the playstation one era i was mostly playing uh either fighting games or platformers uh medal of honor first person shooters on the playstation one and this uh this particular game uh got me interested or i mistaken i don't i'm not sure what what picked my interest for this but this is my 
introduction to the JRPG, SRPG, and they say that your first JRPG is your favorite. And this holds true to me, and I have to really confirm this. I actually played multiple versions of this game on so many platforms just to and every time I do every time I do play uh, play this game I really am um, convinced that this is my uh, personal favorite game of all time and the game that I'm actually talking about is uh, is Final Fantasy Tactics as uh, mentioned earlier and this has been uh, when this was a time when everybody was, I think, playing Final Fantasy VII, really enjoying the heck of it, and uh, it is a really fine game. But for me, this really solidified uh, my my love for JRPGs and SRPGs, and um, it is really it was released the same year as Final Fantasy VII was released, so it was 1997, and the reason that got me hook uh to this is i love chess i love chess and the gameplay was somewhat similar to chess for me so when i tried this out i got into the i got into the story uh you start off the story starts off uh with a church battle you're not really uh that knowledgeable in terms of what's really happening you go into a battle there's this princess you try to defend the princess you're a mercenary then after the first stage after the first stage and by the way the art style is very um pleasing for me and i do think that ragnarok online copied the the aesthetics of final fantasy tactics so uh that's uh, also one of the reasons why I also love uh, Ragnar- uh, Ragnarok. Anyway, um, getting a little bit of side quest in here. So you start off the game in the church. There's somebody trying to get the um, get the princess that you're defending it. After this, it's only actually um, um, you're gonna go back in time after this because. The one who actually successfully kidnaps the princess is your old body, and you go back, and the story officially starts, and uh, the, uh, you get a flashback story, and you start with chapter one. And so, uh, as you can see here in the gameplay, uh, there's elevation on here. There's so many things to consider uh, with this particular game, and uh, since I have mentioned that. This is my first introduction to uh, SRPG, JRPG in general. It's actually a lot to take in, and I got hooked because of that starting of the starting map and going back, um, going back into the past. You are uh, you actually find out that you are the you are a son of a very well respected sword saint, and. Uh, as you can see, it's, a, it's set in the medieval times. There are so many familiar, uh, not really that familiar, but most familiar masters for veterans of Final Fantasy. But since I was not a veteran during that time, um, this game actually kicked my balls because I didn't really <laughs> know how to, how to handle it. And this game actually taught me to make multiple save files because... Later on, later That's on, true. in one of the stages, 
one of the stages of this this game i i only kept one single save file and there's actually a, a particular stage where there is a multi a multi battle and if you only kept one single save and during that battle you go into the next stage without any mp or your build for uh for your characters it's not well balanced enough you're gonna be stuck with that save pile with no way out <laughs> and it's it's translation really sir drew only has one memory card at a time yes i was their chief i still <laughs> actually have like everybody else card. I actually have I still have that but uh, I still have that memory card li- lying around somewhere here anyway so um uh if uh, for the people who is familiar with the game it's actually the Rio Rio Banis castle uh, set of stages so if you have played the game you will realize that uh that uh that particular set of stages suck anyway so um going back uh into the gameplay so you control um just a a maximum number of characters uh, per map would be five if i'm not mistaken and you would uh, encounter enemies ranging from uh, same number as you going up to uh 10 or so and um a lot of gripes uh before i go into the gripes it uh one of the things that really makes final fantasy tactics stand out uh versus uh other tactics games is besides the you see the pop-up uh the the, the dialogue pop up and other stuff in here there is such a huge there i only found this out uh actually later later on and when I have more knowledge with JRPGs. This is actually a huge collaboration of people from Square Enix that uh, used uh, Square Enix that used to work for Ogre Battle, and one of the people yeah that work here also work with Nier, Nier Automata, and uh, so uh, if you check out the cast, uh, there's too, so many people to mention that actually work on this particular title that are that are is well renowned nowadays so um what also sets uh sets this game apart from other uh tactical srpgs is their huge use of elevation the awesome awesome job system because um, your characters, your um, story characters, are actu- have an actual unique job class which they start with. But at the same time, they could become a monk. They could become a thief. Yeah, it huge. It uses the Final Fantasy job system so well that you it it looks simple because you have you could use two jobs. You have your main job and your uh, secondary job. But besides that. You could uh, also use uh, other uh, passive um, passive uh, skills like dual wielding. You could get uh, the dual wielding from the ninja. You could get um, uh, the throw skill. You could get the the aim skill from the from the archer where you charge your attacks to make it more stronger. 
but at the same time uh there should be time you should consider timing because when you cast a spell or when you cast a skill uh it's either you target an area or you target a particular character for that skill and if the character the enemy you're trying to target moves then you would miss the target because of uh certain uh because of the timing thing and because of the movement consideration of this particular game and um let's see uh so that's uh what the gist of the gameplay is and it's i know it coming from what i am trying to explain right now it might seem a little bit daunting or convoluted and it's scary because uh, there's so many things to consider in regards to this uh, particular game but um, the more you play it the more because you 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 won't really need to take all of this into consideration when you start the game because when you start the game your the the available job classes that you have are just the squire the alchemies black mage white mage uh, and as you level up your jobs uh, which has a maximum of level eight your job class uh, the job class is different from your actual level so as you level up your job class you gain more access to the other classes which you could get their particular passive skills their particular skills and mix them all up together so as you move along leveling up your characters and moving forward the story you get to have more and more access and more combinations to this particular um, jobs the particular job system of final fantasy tactics has and your classes have more uh, diversity you have more uh, options to tackle the enemies uh, moving forward now uh going back into the story uh to summarize the story of this particular game is there is the um the overworld plot wherein it's a game of thrones style you have two uh two dukes and that's why the the uh the playstation port or the or rather the playstation version of this is called the uh, the war of the lions is because there are two dukes trying to buy for succession or position uh because um because uh they're they're trying to be the one to rule so that's the over overworld plot that every citizen knows but underneath it there's a darker there's a darker menacing uh, much more menacing um villain underneath the surface and you are trying you are the person trying to uh defeat that villain but everybody does not actually does not actually uh, actually abuse your character ramsabe you'll actually abuse you as the enemy of the state where in your oh uh, yeah uh, where in your uh where in your body your former body which is delita hyral is actually viewed as the hero so you're um, on the public side you're the villain you're trying uh you're uh you are called by so many uh so many names and i'm just trying to 
uh, think of words to describe this as not to spoil the plot of the game because the plot of the game is such a huge is such a huge aspect of this game because uh, the story I do believe is something I would really compare to Game of Thrones uh, Game of Thrones writing because it's really 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 beautiful in my opinion because even the even the villains uh, the villains are relatable you would really know why they they would you would feel why they did the certain acts the certain despicable acts why they are trying to uh, do something so horrible and why what happened to them to make them do these horrible things so uh, that's it for that's the uh, that's my overview of the story as not to spoil uh, what happens in the game so um, uh, this version has two uh, this game has two versions uh, the PlayStation portable one which is this one the War of the Lions and the one that was released for the PlayStation one which is uh, this one so um, this is actually the Millennium Collection edition this is was released uh, year 2000 during the Square Millennium Collection series and um, uh, this is the exact same game it's just that they release it in a collector's edition form and the main difference for these two games are one, um, the PlayStation Portable has added characters on uh, one of their side quests to in fact that would be uh, Baltier from Final Fantasy 12 and uh, Lu I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrong about this Luca from Final Fantasy Tactics A2 the main character of the the second advanced game I I'm not sure if I'm wrong but uh, I think it's not Luka. including cloud not including cloud because cloud is in both versions right. cloud is in both versions and so it's um, so it's still unlockable but it's not automatically yeah. added in the PSP version though no 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 and so um yeah and by the way cloud sucks in this game <laughs> he sucks both <laughs> but the storyline in getting him is a really really worthwhile but he his uh his personal job class sucks both <laughs> anyway um uh where was i so story uh gameplay uh cons in regards to this game i hate the personal job class of uh, the main character which is ramsa right. uh his job class is uh something that you would use to exploit the leveling up system or the or the job uh jp acquisition system and i do highly advise against doing it because you could level up your party to be overpowered in regards to the story battles but once you go to the overworld and you go into a random battle and you you encounter random battles when you go and traverse the map the overworld map when you traverse it there would be the maps there uh where you would encounter random battles they would be blinking in green so uh when you 
you for example you go into one town you go into another town there are some uh, that's on the map that you tend to stop and there's a chance that you encounter a random battle on that map and when you encounter a random battle on that map the levels of those of the enemies on those maps are actually dynamic and they grow with your level as opposed to the story maps just they just have a set level on those particular maps so you could uh, go a route wherein you ha- you are overpowered on story levels but you are underpowered uh, on the random uh, on the random battles and also the music for this game is such a uh, such a treat to the ears even the the um, the character selection screen is burned to the back of my head it I, I could hear it playing right now because i thought about it and uh what else um uh, i'm trying i'm trying to think of things to to complain uh, about the game and uh, since I'm so biased with this game and trying it's, it's really hard for me um, let's see mm, uh, I, I think that's it uh, the dynamic battle system on the random encounters and the non-dynamic uh, the non-dynamic leveling system on the story battles that would be a huge complaint and uh, I think that's it. Uh, so, um, any questions in regards to uh, all the blabbering that I just did? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, one thing I'd say, uh, Sir Drew, is the fact that I would love the very concept. I guess this is the perfect the, the perfect example of SRPGs that I love the concept of but have a hard time getting into because of the fact that me as a, well, I'm a 51-year-old man, I might not have the time to get into something as deep or as 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 complicated, as, as involved as Final Fantasy Tactics. I wish that there was an old man mode for a game like this where I can say, all right, let's resolve this battle quickly. We know uh, we want this battle to be resolved this way. Let's find out what happens afterwards. Like Because of the fact that, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, one battle for me takes a min- minimum, minimum of 30 minutes. And we're talking like, this. it's not even factoring in positioning. It's not even factoring in what job class you want to put in there, what how formation affects the whole thing, what enemies or what, what weapon you're to use. I, it, I wish that there was a way for me to experience this in such a way that I don't have to, because the way that you describe the plot is amazing. I want to really go through the plot line and understand the motivations of each and every single one of these characters. But the gameplay itself is so slow and plodding for me. And not to knock anybody else's experience with SRPGs, mind you. But for, you know, to, to quote Joe, ain't nobody got time for that anymore. For somebody like me, I'm old. I, 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 I would actually have to agree. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I, I, mean, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I, 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 and, the fact that if you had the chance to experience this when you were younger, as a teenager, as an early 20 guy you don't have as many things to take care of in your life 
yet for you to be able to plunk down the time for this. But now I just wish I could just go through this quickly and find out what the storyline is or maybe even pick up a book and then really find out what happens. But yeah, Sir Drew, you were about to say. Yeah, uh, just re- uh, based on what you were saying, I just mm-hmm. remembered uh, a, gr- a gripe uh, that I have with the game. It's it's slow. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really slow. And um, there are some loading issues, especially wow. with the with the play, uh, PlayStation Portable and the PS One versions. But luckily, uh, luckily there is actually an iOS version for this uh, for mm-hmm. War of the Lions, and yeah. I'm not sure if it's also available on Android. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I feel that it runs smoother on those versions. And And yes, it the the gameplay does really take a lot of time, and as I as you have said, uh, I played this uh, during uh, twice during my teenage years, uh, and twice during the time when I was uh, uh, I was taking care of my kids growing up, and mm-hmm. I have a little bit more time during. During that stage in my mm-hmm. life, and it takes a lot of commitment because uh, again, this uh, um, a single map does thirty. I'm not sure if it's thirty, uh, maybe twenty mm-hmm. or something. So that's mm-hmm. a huge difference from what uh, we encounter from normal JRPGs. I mean, if you play uh, Super Mario RPG, the game, the one single battle takes us seconds. It doesn't even take a minute to to finish up uh, a mm-hmm. single stage. And I do really agree with you, uh, Sir Joel. And that is, I think, that is one of the reasons why uh, he knew uh, told that SRPGs are not for everyone because mm-hmm. it is. It is time-consuming. It is, uh, but even though um, in my in in uh, SRPG's defense, mm-hmm. it is time-consuming. But as Hino has said, the story is such a huge payoff for these mm-hmm. titles, and rarely do they have um, rarely. And I say rarely because. Um, Most of ti- most of uh, some of the titles have actually shallower or more anime inspired. Uh, were uh, were anime cliche. Anime cliche. Some of them uh, like the Stella Glow uh, Luminous Arc series. They're more anime cliche inclined uh, SRPGs. It's like uh, you're a protagonist trying and you end up trying to save the world from a from a god or something, uh, which Ironically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I, I just want to add something. Sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. I I think another reason why not a lot of people are into SRPGs and RPGs in general is because they don't like reading. Mm, I agree. Yeah. They, they like the spectacle. They like the action. They like fast pace, or they like playing games that are like. Watching movies, but you can experience them as the character in the game. But uh, so, if RPGs are already a lot of text, what more if you're playing the SRPG? Since we're talking about more mature storylines, political intrigues, all the politicking of the warring nations. So mm-hmm. that's another like 
barrier <laughs> for yeah. uh, for people to get into. But I I agree. I agree. The 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 depth, shall we say, the depth of the yeah. genre is a little intimidating. But I do think that for for you, Joel, maybe if you're just wanting to get into one srpg and ff tactics is uh, what's your eye what, what you are eyeing right now then maybe just play that and not play anything else since one srpg really is uh time consuming so maybe just pick one the best of the crop the cream of the crop we're even talking about ff tactics not even tactics ogre which is an ogre battle which is more 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 difficult than the ff tactics so Maybe just choose a game so that although, uh, although the I, best game. Yeah. Although I did hear, as a plot-based guy, I I did hear that Final Fantasy. Ah, sorry, the Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together has a better plot than Final Fantasy Tactics. I mean, some people have argued one way, some people have argued the other. I, I, I me as a plot guy, it sounds like Tactics Ogre might be a little bit more up my alley, but uh, we'll see. Uh, again, like I said. Maybe maybe some enterprising developer will say, "All right, so let's give Joel this this thing where he can play this game, but he can say auto resolve." Okay, let's go down this path or let's go down that path. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Maybe some some decide to do that. JDM, I, I task you with that. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think uh, I I get what Tito Joel was uh, mm-hmm. was trying to say because mm-hmm. you know I'm also getting on that you know yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Okay, so uh, I think the game is only slow because if you if you have no interest on that certain game, mm-hmm. um, I'm 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 watching this game. It it looks it's also look like SRW. It, every tactic uh, tactical uh, RPG are time consuming, but then I have interest on those uh, on robot. That's why I think. I don't feel the time that I, uh, I I'm, I'm investing too much time on it uh, on it because I enjoy it. Well, that's so true. That's, it, that's I, I think it depends on the game. That's definitely a factor. If you're invested in the storyline yeah. or in the character, you the time will probably fly by. You're you're correct on that one, Jomar. I'd like to cite uh, Andrew Kowas' um, uh, experience here in the chats, though. He says. Uh, LOL, I remember during PS1 days, I left the console running during a random battle. I wasn't able to save for around two hours. The nature called number two. When I came back, my mom turned it off. So yeah, now that would really kill my oh, no. my, my motivation. Like mom. Mom, what the hell? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. JDL. <laughs> that would kill my interest in finishing that game completely, I would say. Like you're screaming. <laughs> All right, back to back to you then, John. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, another noteworthy uh, factoid about this game, and Sergey Day might know this. Uh, the character designer of this also did va- um, Vagrant Story. Yeah, Sergey Day. Okay, Yoshida. Yeah, and because they're. They're in the same universe. Uh, what they call that? The Ivalis Alliance. Yeah, Ivalis Alliance. Yes. Uh, Vagrant Story, this game, and Final Fantasy XII. Yes. And the uh, tactics uh, in the uh, Game Boy Advance and DS. All right. Uh, how about Miss I? What can you? Uh, what's your first impressions of tactics? 
I have to say I have seen oh, my brother yeah. play this. This is one of his yeah. favorite games. He was able to play this on both PlayStation One and the PSP. Uh, I, I I would really say it's really time consuming because of all the time he played that game. But it's interesting to see all the let's say the strategy coming into play when each battle happens. It it doesn't really uh, honestly catch my attention because this is not my cup of tea. But I guess for those who love this type of game, they would really enjoy it. Based on what I've seen from my brother, he's really a fan of that game. Hmm. And also, what would prolong this game when you're playing it? You have describe who. Uh, has a document of all the backstories of the kingdom and the characters right when you encounter new new characters new enemies the scribe will write something about him and you have the option to read their backstories which is if you're a book lover or if you're a bookworm or if you like uh, reading literary pieces you'd like this game Just like in other Dungeons and Dragons games, I have to read. I love uh, reading those books in Skyrim, in 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 Oblivion. Every um, literary pieces that they're uh, putting in the game. So there. JDM is that RPG player who the dragon is already attacking the castle and he's reading a book <laughs> in the library. Yes. <laughs> because if there's, uh, if there's because one thing in, that I will, uh, oh yeah, sorry JDM, go go. JDM, finish your thought. Go ahead. Because in Skyrim and in Oblivion, there are books there that um, increases your stats, right? So maybe oh, I could, be, I will be able to use it. Oh, come the on, you just want dragon. to read the story of the Lusty Argonian Maid. Come on. <laughs> you we all know what you're talking and, about. And, and the one who was uh, shut out of a cannon. Oh, a yeah. I remember that in Oblivion. Yeah. That makes me think of Dragon Age. Dragon Age also has a lore like, Wait, Dragon. Wait. Can <laughs> 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 I read the entire book? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, you were about to um, say. Uh, if there's one last thing that I will add about Final Fantasy Tactics, I didn't even really cared about Final Fantasy Tactics before, up until I saw what happened with Final Fantasy VII. And then when I heard that you uh, that you have the uh, that you have this um, su- uh, sub scene in regarding Cloud and Aerith, I'm like, oh shit, because I know what happened with Final Fantasy VII. I see my girl there. Okay, in any in any universe, all right, in any universe that's that they're gonna be together, I'll be there. Like I want to see what's gonna happen. So I, so I was more curious on their on on their side story and what what are they doing in Final Fantasy Tactics and what's the story between them uh, between them were like. And yeah, um, a little bit of disappoint, a, a little bit disappointing. But at least there was some sort of a um, what's the best word to describe it? Some sort of a continuation of their relationship. I got it from Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Short lived as it as it was. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's just a personal uh, nitpick from me. 